Cry It Out Loud, a podcast by Chasing the Rainbows, with your host, Bernice Quisenberry. This week's podcast episode is called Taking Control, and it's with Bree and B. Hey, Bree, thanks for joining hey. your video. Of course. Good to see you. You too. Yes. So we are here today because we are going to be ex- discussing and, you know, putting ourselves out there about, you know, what it was like after the traumas of losing our babies and then having to return to everyday life and how we wanted to then, you know, take control of different aspects of our life and things that I never noticed or thought that I would need to control or felt like I needed to have control over to basically give myself that peace of mind or, you know, to basically make sense of something that didn't make sense, you know, during the traumatic events of everything with losing Brooke, right? Well, we, and, ju- and we had just years. went through, yeah, because we just went through trauma and it was yeah. completely out of our control. Like every aspect of it was out of our control. So suddenly 100%. we find ourselves wanting to like grab on to any type of control that we can possibly find um, to give ourselves some kind of stability and not feel like we're spiraling. It is. It's that stability and grounding almost, you know, like taking reins and, and anything that we can, like you said, because we were so just that whirlwind, like it was a a tornado spinning. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Literally spinning out and, you know, finally just getting some grounding, I guess that really is the best way to say it. And you're so right. And, I think the the number one thing for me that I really started to realize was when I didn't have everybody Mm. in my family, my son and my husband in the house with me um, and our dogs. And if somebody was out of the house, I felt like something bad was going to happen. hundred percent. Yeah. (laughs) That's just happened to me. It's okay. I'm so I'm eight years out from Emma and 10 years out from Landon. And I went away this weekend out of town. I left my, so my oldest went on a youth retreat with the church and my husband and youngest stayed home. So we were all in three locations. I, for four days, I was away. I had to like, I mean, I just had constant anxiety. It just weighed on me. And it's like, I want all my ducks home where I can visually see them. And I just when I got home and everyone, like I was tracking them on an app to see where they are and make sure they get where they're going. Like, even if my husband and daughter were just going down the street to a restaurant, like I was tracking because I was obsessing over the fact that I had no control because they're out of my sight and I can't control what's happening. And like, I remember getting home Sunday night and we were all in the same room and I finally felt like i I breathed for the first time. Like I just went and I really like, I was like, thank you. (laughs) Like we're all here and we're safe. But I think it all stems from, you know, the trauma of my losses and just not having any control over that situation. And like, and, and so whenever I'm faced with another situation that I have zero control over, it's like, it's, it sparks the trauma all over again. Oh, a hundred percent. I, I agree with you. And then like you said, because you are in so many different locations and 
not that like we want to go to worst case scenario, but from our trauma, from our grief, you know, we already like as a parent went through one of the worst nightmares that a parent can go through. We yeah. don't want to have to relive that again or, or see, you know, us lose another one of our children. And right. realistically, like, I think if we're all together, at least like if something happens, we're all together then. But if yeah. we're not and we're all in different areas and you're hours away, it's also saying too, because you're out of your comfort zone, you know, you're out of your yeah. house, which is our comfort right. safe space or should be, you know. Um, and then also away from, for me, being away from my husband because he really mm. was my comfort during yeah. that time because I felt like him and I were, you know, even if we had, you know, some issues after losing Brooke and things like that, but we were connected because we were the ones that knew Brooke and, yes. you know, were her parents. And, you know, I felt like he, I never really had to explain myself with him when I was grieving. Right. Like he just knew what I was going through and he could, you know, even if he didn't or he wasn't grieving the same way, he at least like understood where I was at and 100%. being away from him and having that or having him be able to explain to people like, this is why she's upset. This is why she needed to step yes. away. Having him as my cheerleader, you know, um, and your voice was, when you can't yeah. speak, like when you don't, you yes. know, you're not able to speak and he's like your, your comfort blanket and, and your yes. voice all at the same time. And then when that goes away, you're, you're left with, and that's, that is kind of how I feel with my husband too. Like, you know, yeah. he, he's my comfort. He's, he's my steady. Like I, I feel off when we're not together and, and, and it's not a good feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like security. I mean, you really do feel yeah. that sense of, yeah, just that secure and comforting from him. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Um, I also really had like bad anxiety when my husband was driving or my son was driving mm. in a car with somebody. And I have no idea why, because, you know, it's not like um, our daughter died, you know, in a car or anything, but it was I like all around. Loss. Yes. And I yeah. think like we go to like, and, and like accidents happen all the time. We see them on the roads constantly. Yeah. And, um, you know, if somebody has more than a two second commute, it really freaks you out. And most accidents do happen right by your house, you know? It's yeah. And like that's true. I think those apps that show like them driving was the best thing that ever happened to my anxiety <laughs> because yeah. I, I can like obsessively track without them knowing I'm like a freak. <laughs> I know. And the other good thing too, and I don't know if you do this, but if I hear sirens, I used to, before these apps came along, if I heard sirens, I'm checking like, like, are you okay? I hear sirens, you know? And, yes. But I think it's that mentality of like, we're just so afraid of loss because we've yes. experienced such a traumatic loss that our minds go to worst case scenario. Like I automatically, yes. if my husband was supposed to be home at two twenty and he's not home and it's two twenty five, I'm thinking he's in a ditch somewhere. Like I just, oh, my yeah. brain just goes there. Yes. And, and you're right because we did go through these traumatic losses and we do go to the worst case scenarios. Like we, we play it out because like we already were ripped of one of our, you know, our children. And it's like, yeah. I almost, it's not that I want to think like this or anything, because these are automatic, right? It's like yes. things that just like happens now. And it's like, when's the other shoe going to drop? When is the next like tragic thing going to happen when you're like pummeled, you know, with loss after loss and, you know, reoccurring losses and things like that. It's like, oh my goodness, just my, when can we come up for air? Yes. My, my pastor calls them automatic negative thoughts. Ants. Yeah. 
they're ants yeah. and they just like they take over and they're like, da, 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 da. <laughs> like they're yeah. just all over you and they can't like, it's hard to get them off of you because you just are constantly like your, your brain just goes automatically to it's, it's another, it's something terrible. It's another loss. It's, you know, yes. just because, you know, I, and, and especially for us, the, our, especially our first loss with Landon, it was so, I, I mean, they were both, they were all unexpected, but like, it was really out of the blue. Um, right. And, and I think now I am, it's like, I'm always peering around the corner, like what's coming next, like what, yeah. what, what horrible things up next, you know, because you just, you've experienced and it's kind of jaded your um, ability yes. to see past you know, and, and not assume it's going to be something negative or, or horrible. Well, yeah, I think that, you know, after, you know, going through your first baby loss, it takes away your innocence almost. Yeah. If that sure. makes any sense, because like 100%. you have that sig first time experiencing a very significant loss. And it's not that I didn't look at my grandparents as a significant loss and grief because I did, you know, yeah. I did grieve them deeply and I miss them every day, but it's different when it's your child yeah. and it's unexpected. Um, and you know, it, it's, and then the events around everything with it, uh, yeah. and going through medical procedures, surgeries, you know, the hormones of it all, like the, yeah, just everything. Total loss um, of control. Yes. A hundred percent spiraling out for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, you know, this also brings up like, I then constantly worried, like if our son or husband or my husband had a sniffle or like mm. any kind of sickness, I was like, Whoa, we need to go to the doctors immediately. We need to get this checked into, um, to the point that, um, my son, you know, he was having some stomach pains and I thought maybe it could have been maybe anxiety, but like, of course we had to run the gamut of tests because I'm yes. not going to just settle for, mm -mm. for a maybe anxiety until we yep. go through all of the other avenues and find that out. Yep. I totally agree. And we say, so like my daughter, I remember she had headaches and like my mind automatically ants went to, it's a brain tumor. Yeah. It's gotta yeah. be a brain tumor. Oh, like what I'd else would it be? It's a brain tumor. Exactly. Well, but I gotta say, yeah. like, I mean, it, it definitely, so my husband struggles with this too, with, I think it, coming from the losses and he, he tends to go that track as well. Um, which yep. is not a good combination for the two of us, no, it's not. but honestly, we it, feel it, each other, but yeah, yes, it's terrible, but it's like one of those things that it has benefited us as well. So like, I'm, I, our viewers don't know this, but like, I'm co currently going through breast cancer and like, I, you know, I found a lump last year and I brushed it off. And even my doctor was like, I don't think it's anything. You're too young. You know, no big deal. Nothing, yeah. no family history. And like, I just, I felt content with that. I, for once was yeah. like, because it was me, I think it's different with ourselves versus right. like our loved ones. Um, we're I, super not, human. Yeah. Um, yeah. But my husband with these tendencies and this is where it benefited us because I was going to cancel my mammogram. I just didn't think it was anything. I was content with what, you know, everyone had to say about it. And he was like, I don't know. Nope. I don't feel good about it. You need to go. And I was like, okay. So I did it for him. Lo and behold, breast cancer. So, you know, it's like, I, I think there's benefit to um, having those tendencies to want to control situations and like 
um, get the answers for things. There's a healthy balance because, you know, yeah. sometimes it can be, you can go too extreme with it. Um, right. But there are tendencies and, and times like with my situation and my breast cancer journey that it actually saved my life that my right. husband felt, you know, he, he was so scared of losing me that he pushed for me to get this done and get this test done. And I did it and it saved my life. Well, absolutely. And I think it goes back to, and we, you know, we had this last week in our ed episode, you know, educate to advocate and yeah. it goes back to, you know, doing whatever gives you the peace of mind, right? Like making sure mm -hmm. that you are getting the test done because like you said, you thought that your daughter had a brain tumor. Like I was like, oh my yeah. goodness, Bryson has, you know, our son has stomach cancer and like right. you go down those rabbit holes and I don't want to be that person that ignored the signs and then it does turn out to be something terminal or, yeah. you know, to that point. So like I, you know, all I can do is just advocate for him or get him some further testing, which then gives yeah. us all peace of mind. And yeah. if that's what it comes down to, okay, and we spent money on that, yeah, but like, it's better than me living in this constant worry that there's something sure. more going on and I'm not looking into it. Yeah. Um, and you're so ripe, Bri, and I, I think, you know, there is that healthy balance because, mm. you know, like, don't want to be, be a hypochondriac either. It, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, um, yeah it's it definitely finding the balance. Yeah, because it can go, it yeah. can go to, you know, you don't want to be so lackadaisical that you're like, whatever, you know, my stomach yeah. hurts, I've, my head hurts, no big deal. I found a, a lump in my breast, so that's fine, you know, no big deal. Right. But then there's right. the other extreme of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die tomorrow. Oh my gosh, it's cancer. You know, like yes. automatically assuming the worst case scenario. And I really, I truly feel like that a lot of that stems from trauma and, yeah. and the traumatic events um, that we've experienced and just the, the tendencies that we have now to, um, go to other extremes, um, all stem from that. Absolutely. And I mean, I remember too, like also needing to get other opinions. Like I wasn't yeah. okay with just the one opinion that we got about our son. Like we went and got multiple opinions. Now it was also because like, you know, in that trauma, like you lose trust, or at least I did, you know, I lost trust in everyone 100%. and everything because I questioned everything then moving yes. forward. And you know, so for our own like sanity and peace of mind, I needed yeah. to hear it from multiple people, you 100%. know, in this profession and also get it from specialists to be able to hear that as well. And, you know, I think, you know, our son needed to hear that too. All of us did, you know, that were yeah. involved in family because of what we just dealt with and, and went through, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I did the same thing. I feel like, um, you know, you are at the mercy of the doctors when you're going through a loss yeah. and you don't have control or say. And so when given a situation, um, I do think it's wise to get second opinions, but I think we're more, sometimes we do it for more peace of mind because we're like, yeah. we just want to confirm that it's true and like confirm that we're going down the right path. And, um, yeah, it, we, for sure. I still do that. I still seek out multiple opinions and stuff. Just, you just don't, I mean, it's hard to put, you know, just like with my, with when I found the lump, I, for some reason, because I, I honestly think, cause it was me, if it would have been my child, I wouldn't have settled for it's fine. I settled Agreed. for it for myself for some reason. Agreed. Um, but my husband did not. And he was like, Nope, let's, let's keep pushing this and get some answers. And, um, I'm so glad he did. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, so am I. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's just one of those things that, you know, you need reassurance um, that you're on the right path because it gives you more control because you have, you have sought out those answers. Um, so yeah, I, I just think it's just another form of trying to control, you know, your surroundings, yeah. which, and it's not a bad thing. That's certainly not no. a bad thing. No. And, you know, I think sometimes, you know, doctors can miss things. They're not a higher power. Yeah. They're not, you're human. Know, they're not God. They're <laughs> human. Yeah. And humor error, yeah. error happens. And yes. so, you know, as long as like whatever you need, you know, to give you that peace of mind of reassurance. And like you said, and, um, and having those answers and, you know, I think that it never hurts to, in my opinion, I'm like, I'd rather educate myself and, and yes. hear what others have to say. And I like also how like doctors each are different as they explain things or how they yes. handle situations. And also then it's like, okay, well, I feel more comfortable with this doctor yeah. or like this doctor, you know, and like, and then finding who's going to be, you know, that doctor moving forward and who you're going to have that relationship with or a specialist or, yeah. you know, it's just always good, I think, to... Building you know, rapport, like, building trust. Yes. Yeah. And you never know how your story and you sharing that, Brie, might be someone else's survival guide or might actually give somebody the courage then to go to the doctor and ask a question or to advocate for yeah. themselves. Like, I have a lump, even though I know I have dense breast tissue, but like, can you check this out? And like, can we do yeah. a mammogram? You know, like, it, it's so true. And I think, you know, us sharing stories and other survivors sharing their stories is really like how, you know, we can all come together as a community yeah. and look out for each other and ask questions that we never thought to ask. Well, and that's the thing. big thing. Yeah. Cause like, you know, you may not even be thinking to do something or ask a question or, you know, but you hear somebody else say it and it resonates with you and it just sits there and sits there and you're like, you need to act upon that. And yeah, um, I think that's the beauty of sharing our stories. Absolutely. Yep. It so is. Um, you know, I also found, like, as I, you know, had to return to society, everyday work, like, all that stuff, you know, to support our family, and especially, you know, only getting a couple days to grieve and then having to go back, mm -hmm. like, I, um, like, when people, I found it really hard for me to have empathy for things that were outside, mm -hmm. like, other people's problems I couldn't really take on, because yeah. I was so worried and consumed about my immediate family, and then also, too, just, you know, trying to process everything that we were, you know, dealing with as well, and and grieving, and the trauma, and yeah. all that, but, you know, I just didn't care about, like, what people had to gossip about, or complain about, or their problems if it wasn't as final as death. It seems I felt like so insignificant. Just, yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think, know what you mean. Yeah. And I think like, you know, going through our loss and experiencing the worst thing a parent can go through is the loss of their child, in, in my yeah. humble opinion, um, that it was almost like I just, it put things into perspective about what was a big deal and what wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Um, outside sure. factors and not taking on other people's stuff, if that makes yes. sense. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I definitely learned that as well. I think, you know, I had, to, I struggled with it a little bit. So like if somebody was going through a hard time and let's say like in my mind, I'm thinking seriously, like yeah. this is not as big of a deal as losing my child, you know? Right. And right. Um, learning to, um, and it took time. It did not happen right away. 
but like learning to, you almost have to learn how to have empathy again because you, you get yes. so like, I don't know. I may, I don't know. You, you, you feel the same way, right? Like this happened to you too. Cause I, I, oh, as yeah. I'm saying it, I, I feel like I sound crazy where I was just very like, no. your problem is not as big as my problem when exactly. it comes to that. And like, it took me time to realize that like, you know, we're all fighting battles and yes. we are all, you know, our mountains may be different, but they're still mountains, you know, like you yeah. don't know what somebody's, um, what hurt they're having, how that's impacting their life. Maybe it's, you know, it, it's more traumatic than what we give it credit for. We don't really truly know the full story. So like, it took me a while to learn that though, because I definitely struggled with finding empathy for situations, like you said, that are not the death of a child. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. And it did. It. I think it also, you know, after going through it all, like it took away that like superficialness. Like I almost felt like mm. I needed to have like real conversations with people yeah. and like have the realest people in my life who weren't just mm. like the toxic positivity wasn't just like the fake optimism wasn't coming at me with those like silver linings that I didn't want to hear, you know, right. um, during that time. And it was really the authentic, genuine people mm -hmm. that were like, you know, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I'm here for you. I'm here to listen, like all those things. But, yeah. um, you know, the ones that like got or met us with where we're at in our journey, you know, and, yeah. and going through it and processing. Those are the ones you, know, you keep think, close. Absolutely. And I think it did. It took away any of the fakeness um, yeah. and seeing it. But I also, I had to stay off of, and I know we talked about this in other episodes, social media and the news after we lost Brooke, because I could not handle seeing any more disasters because then I would wow. think the disaster is going to like hit our home or all of a sudden we need to build a bomb shelter in our backyard, um, you know, underground <laughs> right? and have like, you know, I'm going straight there and yeah. it's like, okay, let's like pump the well, brakes a little bit. But. I think that speaks to the weight and the gravity of losing a child and yes. how heavy that is. And yes. to add additional heaviness yes. is going to run you to the ground. Like, you put weight on your shoulders, you can only carry so much until you fall down. And like, you know, having just going through the loss of a child, it, you know, it, it's so you're barely keeping yourself upright. And then right. to have world problems and like all this other stuff coming in, it's unnecessary. It, it doesn't need to happen. It doesn't while you're in the, especially those early stages until that you can like, get your shoulders up and like really hold that weight firm. Like there's no reason to add excess weight onto your shoulders. Well, you're so right. And, you know, cause then you're taking on, and like we said, like, that's why I couldn't really hear other people's, you know, things because of that lack of empathy, but it was also self-preservation because I just yes. could not take on anybody else's problems. Yes. I just didn't have the bandwidth. And if I, because before, losing Brooke before all this, like if I took on someone's problems, I took it on full force. And Same. like, I like went into it and I was like, let's yep. fix this. Like I'm a, it became your you know, problem. 
Yes. And yeah. I think for myself, I was trying to, at this point, learn how to survive. And yep. especially in those like early days, but then also it was trying to learn, okay, how do I live a life that I still can love and enjoy mm-hmm. while I'm grieving the loss of a lifetime for my baby? Like, how can I do both of these and they coexist? Yeah. And it's really trying to figure that out. And then also then reintroducing that there's other things in the world that's going on around me because- yeah you know, we're so focused on this, like, it's hard to take on any outside, you know, you know, as the world keeps moving, I didn't want to hear anything that the world was doing, you know? Um, and, and I think it is, I think it's to protect ourselves. Like you were kind of saying, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I totally, it's a hundred percent to protect ourselves. And, um, you know, and it's not that it's it's almost like, it's not like I didn't care, but like, I couldn't handle it. I didn't care. I cared but not enough that I could take on the weight of it. Um, exactly. And that's, a I had to leave that's yeah. Then that's different for me. Cause I'm like you, if there's a problem, yeah. it's now my problem and I'm taking right. it on. And yes. um, I had to relearn how to handle other people's problems and, and do it in a way that I could be helpful, but not, it wasn't burdensome, you know, like it, exactly. you had to you kind of have to relearn how to. Um, and I think, the losses taught me that um, as I walked through that journey of just Great. how to um, manage other people yes. and worldly problems. And it goes to, you know, when I shared about Brooke, right? And like, this is what got me then to start to think like, I don't need to be the fix it. I don't need mm. like people when they're sharing their problems with me, it's not that they need me to take them on or they need me to fix it. Like I would just voluntarily yeah. jump in and want to do things. But I realized after, like you said, after we went through loss and Brooke and things like that, I realized, no, people are just coming to talk and they just want to be heard and yeah. listen and validated. Cause that's yeah. all I wanted. I know yes. you're not going to fix me. I know that whatever you say or do is not going to take this pain away. I need yeah. to process it and I need to sit with it and I need to do whatever makes me comfortable to, you know, feel this grief and trauma and to actually, you know, do it in a healthy coping way and, you know, do different things and honor my baby in a certain way and do these. Yeah. And it's not going to work for everybody. Everybody's different, but it's like, now I know, okay, when someone comes to me, they're not always looking for an answer. They just yeah. want to talk. Most and of the like, times they're not looking for an answer. No. And I was like, wow. So I almost felt like too, this really opened my eyes then to having those real genuine, authentic relationships with people where it was just listening. Um, And that's a huge thing. I think, you know, that I learned from all of this. Yeah. And I think as, you know, as women, we tend to want to fix. We want to fix. We want to make it better. We want to, you know, you got to answer. Let me fix it. Yes. Yes, Yeah. So um, that is a, a lesson I have learned as well. Um, and I think until you are in a situation where it can't be fixed, there are no words or actions that will fix it. That is when you learn the benefit of having somebody to just listen to you and to just be in your present presence, not no expectations of fixing anything. And, um, that's not our nature. Um, but right. I think it's, it's equally as important, um, and beneficial to just have somebody to just be with you and to yeah. just sit with you and to just listen to you. I mean, that's not necessarily fixing 
your situation, but it's healing your situation. It's, it's healing yeah. the whole processes. Well, and I think sometimes, at least for myself, when I say things out loud and I actually put a voice behind it and yeah. I, I talk about my fears, I talk about, you know, Brooke, or I talk about the events themselves, like all around it and everything, it almost yeah. like takes away the power of it. And I'm like, okay, now mm -hmm. I feel like I can actually process it. And I don't want to be shut down. Like, you know, everybody wanted to say, because it wasn't my fault what happened and things like that. And I get that, but I need to still be heard. And I need to say these things out loud because yeah. I'll feel better about it. Yes. If I say I'm out loud, I can't keep them stuffed in. If I keep them stuffed in, they're going to come out in other ways and it's going to be unhealthy. But if yes. I can feel safe that I can go ahead and get it out like in support group or wherever. And it's like, yeah. whoo, I can just like cleanse myself almost of it. And, and not that those thoughts aren't going to come back and I'm going to need to say them again, but in a, in a way that like, I'm not shut down. It's like, yeah, I can understand why you're feeling that way. Absolutely. Yeah. I would too. And, you, and it's like, and like you said, you. it takes the power away. It takes the yeah. power away from that. You're, yeah, but it validates so too. Like, I'm not the only one thinking this or yes. another survivor can actually see why I'm thinking this or how I have these feelings. And that's, what's yeah. important. I you think. feel less yeah. crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> we need our community of survivors. We do. Sure. We do. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for joining today, Bree, and for jumping on our segment. Uh, loved having you. And um, for all the survivors out there, we are always with you. We have daily support services, you know, support groups, mentors, um, this podcast, an online support community, all the different things. Go on our website, chasingrainbows.org. But please follow and like our podcast so we can reach more survivors. And we are always with you, infertility, miscarriage, stillbirth, and infant loss survivors. Thanks so for thank listening. Thank you so much, Bri. Thank you.